Paddock running away. Casey in pursuit. Paddock to Williams. The legend grows. Paddock to Williams. There are no flags. And welcome to another edition of Keeping It Orange and Blue. I'm Ryan Evan. We're bringing Riley O'Toole right in. Kevin, how was your weekend? Well, hey, man. Uh, you know, as a Bears fan and an Illini fan, I have rare weekends where everything goes right. And as a Bears fan, like, other than maybe beating the Packers sometime this year would be really nice. The game I really wanted to win was the Panthers because that helps the Bears draft status because they have the Panthers' number one pick. And then to get that win, and my daughter, who never watches football with me, curled up with me right at the start of overtime and just i mean when they when paddock hit williams there we just started screaming and yelling and grabbing her and she she loved it so maybe that will uh get her somewhat interested in watching a little bit of football with me but it, it was uh you know it was a lifelong illinois fan and going to uh uh going to games as early as 1983 when i was three four years old uh you know i watched john wright jr play and John Wright Jr. Uh, was so special to me because there wasn't many kids. I mean, he's up there with like the Sam Ellsworths, the Mo Virgils, the D- Darren, Darren Boysaw, all the guys that were from right around uh, Fred Wakefield, the guys who were right around central Illinois. We didn't have a lot of them that, that made it to play for, for Illinois. Uh, my guy, Zach Becker, he, he probably played with Riley a little bit. He might add a little bit of crossover there. No, yeah. Zach, he was like 12 years old. But so for, for, for John Wright Jr.'s nephew, the kid to wear four because he's a fourth generation right in essence playing at Illinois uh, to come in and throw for 507 yards second in school history and have two phenomenal game winning plays in back to back weeks it's 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 a little bit of a it's like it's a script Hollywood wouldn't let you write and it, do it as a walk on it's just pre, it's just pretty freaking amazing and it, it's a great story and now we just got to figure out a way to continue it. <laughs> It's uh, it's almost Rudy-esque, except he did start at Ball State last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, I will say to have such a, um, you know, a family tradition, a bloodline of playing at Illinois and to literally create your own legacy. That's what's crazy. You know, I tweeted about it yesterday is that he didn't has he didn't come to Illinois guaranteed anything. He just wanted a chance to be on the team. And now at the end of the year, he's leaving his own legacy. I mean, the most yards ever by an Illinois quarterback in Memorial Stadium. Yep. That's John Paddock. You can't take that from him. You yeah, Dave Wilson threw his 621 in the shoe. Yeah. Yeah, in the shoe. <laughs> yeah. So so it's nuts too. And and to be able to say, hey, I'm helping this team who was three and five, you know, make a bowl game, which still needs to happen, you know, but he's on the right track and it just feels like, and Riley, I'm going to come to you now and thank you for coming on by the way, the second time. So thank you. Um, It just feels like he can do no wrong. Really. The only thing he did, you know, the bad snap, it looked like he was just trying to get rid of it to get it out of bounds. And it just kind of floated like fluttered, but I almost feel like every time he throws the ball, like it's going to be a completion and it's just crazy to feel like it just feels like this guy's just on the money, you know, like he's slinging it around like Brett Favre. It just feels like what he's got the magic touch right now. He's got the hot hand and it's uh it's crazy to feel like he's been on the bench all year, but uh, sometimes injuries happen to guys. And as you know, Riley, you got to step in and, and, and 
do your best to deliver and, and keep that same thing going. What's your take on this whole thing? And, uh, you know, and how hard is it to do what John's doing, you know, when you haven't played that much? Yeah, um, <clears throat> it's crazy. I mean, just re reflecting on the last two games, I think uh, obviously 507 yards is incredible, but I am still more impressed with what happened at Minnesota. Just sitting for 95% of the game, 99% of the game, you know, and you come in on fourth down, throw that first down on your second completion and then you just decide to throw like a 50-yard touchdown to win the game uh and just from a mental standpoint as i spent a lot of time as a backup quarterback like it's uh extremely exhausting being a backup quarterback for those exact reasons because you kind of always have to stay locked in uh both physically and mentally because you are one play away but when you get down to the end of the game, you know, to still be locked in mentally and physically to come in uh, and just kind of have three perfect plays uh, is probably one of the more impressive things that I've seen just because I've, I've been in that position. <laughs> I tell the story quite a bit in my senior year, 2014, we played Purdue. Um, I think like Mikey Dudek had like 250 yards receiving that game and uh, it was really cold and Wes ended up like breaking his leg and I went in my first play in adrenaline was running and I threw like a good, a good pass across the middle to Martez bar. And then the second play, once my nerves calmed down, I threw one like five yards directly into the ground because the, the cold had caught up to me. And, uh, so maybe John's nerves or, uh, adrenaline was running for that whole series, but. Uh, I've been been in that position and uh, definitely did not succeed like John has. So much respect uh, to him. Hey, don't sell yourself short. We went over this last year. Okay, he he James Franklin's first year at Penn State. This guy right here led Illinois to a victory. Okay, you know, uh, and you did. You had you drove the team down in a nasty conditions and and helped win that game. So. Give yourself a – David Reisner gets a little credit, but you get more credit. Uh, but uh, – so don't sell yourself short. So that's why I'm going to take that on tonight. I won't. I All won't. right. I know uh, you still tell everybody that. You're like – you know the 2014 – that was me. No, I, 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 I prefer the 147, 147 against Northwestern. But, hey, you know, yeah. he's counting here. Yes. So. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not quite 507, but, hey – John's one-dimensional. That's that's all we got to say. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, hey, double threat. Yeah, double threat. Hey, I'm, uh, I'm, dra I'm drafting Riley on my basketball team over John, too. I don't care. I've never seen John shoot hoops, but I'll, get, I'll take Riley on my team. Um, and I will say, while we're in the mood to talk, we're talking about quarterbacks real quick, shout out Tommy DeVito, two touchdowns against the Cowboys today. And you know what? He's alive. That's all we're, we're thankful yes, for. He's living. He's yes, he's in one piece. Um, uh, it's just it was it's it's been very unfair to him in a degree that you know he, he took over against the Jets of you know what I mean like, yeah. and he gets thrown into the Jets in like a torrential downpour, you know. Then he got to, a full chance to play better against the Raiders, and then your first start against the Cowboys, but he has persevered and he he's impressed me, even though he may not be a starting quarterback in the NFL. I think he's shown he could be a serviceable backup for somebody. So yeah. definitely. He, 
Hey, Riley, I, I, I want to harken back to something here, brother. And, I'm, you know, I'm not just trying to gas you up here. Uh, but but you, you, you had a little bit of a situation like this. In 2012, your sophomore year, uh, Nate Shieldhouse is, is hurt. You're a good friend, your buddy for life. And you come in against Charleston Southern and throw for throw five touchdown passes in a game at Memorial Stadium. I think still it's uh, tied for second most touchdown passes in a game by an Illinois quarterback in, in history. So like like Paddock, you might not add 507 yards, but you have five touchdowns. Was there any talk like what what proceeded after that? I mean, you had a you had a great game there. You know, it, it was Nate's team up to that point and, and continued to be. Was there was there talk of I mean, was there dissension in the locker room? How does the team handle something like this from your perspective? Yeah, uh, I mean, I think from that specific example, I mean, I also had Arizona State that year. Um, that was not as pretty of a game. Was uh, that the one in Temp Was that in Tempe? I was in Tempe, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, was, that, was, that was a rough night. I think, I think I was like 12 for 16 for like 60 yards. Uh, <laughs> got sacked quite a bit. Um, but I and I think that might have been that was before Charleston Southern. So mm -hmm. I would imagine um, coaches probably already had their minds made up that once Nate was healthy, and then just watching Charleston Southern on film probably felt pretty good with me going out there. Um, but uh, just to reminisce, and I'm and just thinking about the uh, the argument for who to start next week, and I've I've kind of kind of been on both sides of this, not to start per se, but I remember being a true freshman coming in uh, Paul Petrino and Jeff Brom telling me, oh, you're going to get the first series in the second quarter or the third series of the game. Um, and I mean, you, you take their word for it. And that year was our six and O year, right? So a lot of times Nate would, uh, we'd be rolling, you know? So it's kind of like we told our two freshman quarterback that we uh, we're going to get him in the third series of the game, but we're, we've gotten two touchdowns. Do you uh, go back in your word or do you just kind of roll? Cause it's in the best interest of the team, you know? So, and then also my senior year, you know, we play Penn state and I go and play pretty well. We win and we have Northwestern the next week. And then the coaches kind of have a, a tough decision. Do we go back to West now that he's healthy or do we roll with the hot hand? So, um, Tough position for the coaches to be in. I feel like I've kind of been on both sides, and I understand both both sides to it. Uh, some coaches had the philosophy of um, injuries shouldn't necessarily cost you your your starting position, um, but also at the same time, coaches that have to coach for their job too, right? So. And um, and Kev, I'm not sure what your take is on it. But I I put it out there. That's what I use social media for. I mean, I like to gauge other people's interests as well, too, is that to me, maybe lightning in a bottle is how I phrased it earlier. But I feel like with what we've seen from him through the last four quarters and a drive, I feel like Illinois could use that against Iowa. You know, I think especially with not knowing, you know, Caden Fagan's status, even though Fagan – even though tomorrow Brett's going to let everybody know that, but his arm didn't look really good coming off the field. You're going to have Reggie Love probably be the only 100% healthy back if he's even 100% still. Um, and you're going to need to be able to move. The, you're not running the ball on him. Uh, so, and yes, they are have a very good secondary, but to me, 
you got to have a guy who's confidently slinging it around out there who's got nothing to lose and super confident. And I think that Paddock has shown that. And the receiver, he seems to have a very good rapport with the receivers too. You can't even really tell, you know, that he hasn't even practiced really with the first team for weeks. You know, he said that he took he hadn't even thrown to some of those guys in a month, you know. So, but you can't tell that. And to me, I feel like taking that away right now, while I love I love Luke, I think he's you know, definitely going to be the quarterback for the next couple of years. But I think you just got to roll with Paddock to me and see how it goes, because I think he's shown you that what he can do and win you big games. And that's going to have to happen against Iowa. I don't think Luke running for a few first downs and, you know, picking up 50 yards, you know, is going to be much more important than a guy who can show you he can put up 500 if he had to, even though he's not going to do that against Iowa. But that's just how I feel about it, Kev. I feel like you're taking away this lightning, this 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 success, this mojo, and saying, hey, I hope you can continue this from a couple weeks ago, Luke. That's how I feel about it. Um, I'll tell you how I feel about it. I'm glad I'm not Brett Bielema or Barry London Jr., right? Like, just yeah. let's just be real here. Uh, you've got your starting quarterback who you who you swayed and, pre- uh, and, and, and presented something to him to come to the University of Illinois to be a starter. And then you've got another guy who came here and said, hey, man, I'm, I don't even need to take scholarship and I'm going to come here. And then you've got Luke Altmaier, who uh, since the Penn State game is completing 65 percent of his passes, uh, 10 touchdowns, three interceptions with a pretty uh, at 60 over 65 percent completion ratio. Right. So it's not like Luke Altmaier was playing bad. Like we can look at we can look at the games that Illinois has lost this season. And the reason why we've lost those games is is. We're scoring, I think, enough points in the Big Ten West to win games is the defense has let us down. And the defense let us down on Saturday as well. I mean, the only reason why Paddock has to throw for 507 yards is because Indiana hangs 45 points on us. Uh, And I think it's a little – and that's why I kind of referenced it a little bit. And I'm not comparing Indiana to Charleston Southern here, but there were a lot of blown coverages and blown assignments on the Indiana side of the ball left guys wide open. I mean, the pass to Williams, the the first long pass he had to Williams – he throws it behind him. If he le- if he leads one, he's he's probably scoring there, right? And I'm not not. Hey, listen, complete the pass. Like Riley knows this as well as anybody. You got a wide open guy. Like do just do not overthrow him, man. Just make sure you complete the pass. And I'm really happy with that. The one thing that Paddock is doing that I haven't seen so much out of Altmaier, and I don't know if it's situational. There, there's there's two things. Number one, he's hitting receivers in stride. So it's giving them a huge opportunity to get a yak. We had a ton of yak. Pat Bryant had a lot. Isaiah had had a ton. Um, Casey Washington even had a little bit, right? And so, and the reason for that is because when you hit a wide receiver in stride, it gives a much more opportunity to go ahead and keep moving at speed and make a couple moves. I haven't, so we haven't, that was more, I mean, obviously it's the most yak we've had all year, but I mean, we have more yak in the first half than I think we've had all year. And I, I don't know if that's Indiana. I don't know if, I think it's a combination of Indiana. It's a combination of Paddock hitting guys in stride. The other aspect of this that, that's got me a little bit worried, and I, I and like I said, I'm really glad I'm not Brett or Barry here, is um, either Indiana's pass rush just took the week off or our offensive line decided that they were going to ball out because John Paddock was under no pressure. I think he got sacked once, and he had plenty of time there, and they, it was I think it was more of a coverage sack. And he was trying to scramble around, ran into a sack, you know, Luke's challenge for me, and I, I've been frustrated with it, but it's because he's been hit so much, is that he's dropping his head when pressure comes. 
and he's not keeping his, his eyes down the field. And I've always felt like, well, that, is that our receivers not getting separation? Is it, it because he's been hit so much? So there's the challenge. You're going to face a very good pass rush in Iowa. But, Ryan, you alluded to something here. You're not going to be able to just hand the ball to three this game or 23 and just be able to grind out and get yourself into second and six and third and twos here because it's really not going to work against that stingy defense. Having Luke's legs could be really critical to, to our ability to move the ball. So I think it's a very tough decision. I do want to say this. I've, I've, I've been on the socials. I've been on the boards. I've been all, all around here. Like, I've heard people say, oh, we finally have a quarterback. I'm like, what are we talking about, folks? We finally have a quarterback. He's fifth in the conference in yards. He's fifth in the conference in touchdown passes. He's fifth in the conference in efficiency. He's fifth in, the, he's fifth in everything in, in the Big Ten. In his first year as a starting quarterback, Luke Altmaier has performed really well. And if you take away the four interceptions against Penn State, his numbers look fantastic. So, and by the way, we finally have a quarterback. I'm sorry, we already talked about it today. We got a guy starting in the NFL today who comp completed like 70-some percent of his passes last year, led the conference in completion percentage. So I'm sorry that this isn't, well, maybe C.J. Stroud was better. But he was like, I think he was second. But like, we, we, we have a good quarterback. So we can talk about John Paddock and what he's done and be so impressed with him. And just like Riley said, his ability to come in the Minnesota game cold and do what he did is an unbelievable 507 yards is a record he'll have for, for a long time at the most yards passing Memorial Stadium. We can compliment one guy without disparaging the other guy. And Luke Altmaier has been pretty damn good this year. So that's why I keep going back to it. It's a very tough decision for the coaching staff. Yeah. But I will say this. There does seem to be some juice on the sideline with four. Like there just seems to – he just seems to have a little bit more – I, the, the the intangibles of the leadership of the mastery of the offense, I don't know what it is. But, hey, you know what? If Luke's healthy, play them both. Yep. Play them both. I think, Get creative. I think uh, I think what this is my prediction is I think they roll with Luke and just give him an extremely short leash and goes out there, see what he can do with his legs. Iowa historically plays cover two man on third downs. They get pretty exotic with their blitz. That is a recipe for quarterback being able to pull down and run. Um, so we get in, in third and medium to long. If you get a man defense and you have a quarterback that can run, I mean, you can pick up a lot of yards with uh, a lot of first downs with your legs. So um, I could see them rolling with Altmaier, but kind of getting them on a, uh, having them on a short leash. And uh, does he let it hang out if that's the case, Riley? I mean, that, that, I think he's probably been a little tentative. I think our average yards are being what, what they call a dot in, in, in the NFL. They always talk about that, like average distance of, of, of the ball thrown. Like we, we seem like we threw the ball downfield more on Saturday than we have all year. Do you, do you think that's Paddock letting it rip? And if you're Altmire and you come in, are you letting it rip? Are you playing a little bit more free in that case? Uh, probably not. Okay, uh, not with that secondary. Yeah, but uh, to, your point, to your point earlier, I think it, and I think just watching the game, it really seemed like, and I was excited to just kind of see a quarterback take what the defense has given them. Um, easy hitches, easy out routes to, to Isaiah, just, just get five yards, you know, and uh, I think John did a, a really good job of that, and I don't know if we're not calling that against other teams, or to your point, Kevin, is Indiana just secondary and, and pass rush a little bit weaker than maybe some other teams in the Big Ten um, to where that was exposed? Nonetheless, 
507 yards against any team is impressive. So he is certainly doing something right. But I do think the receiver is a little bit more open than usual. Uh, having time to be able to get down the field and, and kind of let that thing loose. So it's a combination of everything. But uh, I, I think it will be interesting to see what the decision is. But also, it's, it is kind of nice to have two good options. You know, and thir- a good place, good place being to healthy. Be. 13 being healthy would help. Obviously, really hope Pat Bryan is, is healthy enough to play because that, that would be that'd be huge. He showed he showed that unique ability to run after the catch that we haven't seen all year, really. One uh one thing I will say is I know Paddock's gonna let it all hang out. I know if he's in the game. That's the thing that's why I'm I'm just telling you. I'm thinking maybe differently than a coach would per se, but just from watching, you already know what Paddock's gonna do. I don't think any moment's gonna be too big for him. I don't think he's going to worry about how many years it's been since Illinois won in Iowa City. I don't think he's going to think about, well, if we win this game, we could potentially set ourselves up to win the West, you know, with all this other crap going on. Um, He's not going to sit back and say, if I have a bad game, will I be the starter against Northwestern? To me, I think he can be a lot more freer than Luke because Luke knows, wow, I got this guy right here who's just slinging it all over the yard, not – worrying about things, setting records. I just feel like Paddock's going to have a whole lot less worry, stress to just be himself and to 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 make the big plays. Uh, and also one thing I also saw was – and I, I'm just as big a fan as Luke is, is, is Kevin. And if anybody watching the show knows, we've defended Luke and uh, been super impressed with with him, even, you know, especially coming back after the Penn State game and having – being 10 touchdowns and three interceptions, you know, uh, averaging 220 passing yards a game and and still you know 40 to 50 rush uh, rushing yards a game is impressive uh so but um i think that having paddock to me is just you, you can just feel like he's just free and easy with it and uh that's what i would go but again i think it'd be okay to see them both like how about you, you bring out paddock and then on maybe a third and short right you put you can bring in luke in those situations because he can pull the ball down you know what I mean? Like he can run it. I, I feel like mm-hmm. would that be a problem? If people, if we, if they just played both again throughout the game. Yes. Well, I don't think Alt- Altmaier is the guy you really call quarterback run. He's not Aaron Bailey back there who can run dudes <laughs> over and, and run around. But, uh, but I don't know. If his, I don't know if his. I don't know if his frame uh, allows for quarterback run against the Iowa defense. But but I mean uh, like. At the least on third and two, you know, Luke could still pull this, and the guys aren't just going to crash in on Love the entire game like, like we saw Indiana doing. Indiana knew like when it was the option, it was just going to be Love or whoever. Yeah, the, yeah. The, yeah, the read option is definitely more prevalent with uh, with nine. Yeah, the back there. that's what I meant. The read option. The one, the one, the one question that you know could squelch all of this is that you know I mean I, we're pretty confident it's a concussion, right? So we saw the hit against Minnesota. Head hit the ground pretty pretty hard. I mean, you know, I watched Roshan Johnson for the Bears be out three weeks with a concussion. I I don't know. I mean, it, it, will Luke be okay? Will Luke be ready to play? And if he's, I think it's you know, and if he's not, if even if he's cleared and he's still got a little bit of brain fog, you know, maybe you do roll with Paddock. But it's it's going to be an interesting situation here. And Ryan, you mentioned something. I I had to go look it up. I wasn't aware. We haven't beat Iowa in Iowa City since 1999. 1999, Ron Turner beat Kirk Ferentz. Neil Rackers had a big game. 40 to 24. Yeah. Yeah. I got some Neil Rackers stories for you if you want some. (laughs) No, no story will beat the, uh, 
we'll beat the uh, <clears throat> Heart of Dallas Bowl practice stories from <laughs> from Riley. <laughs> Mommy didn't say crops. Nothing will beat that. But uh, um, but yeah, it's been a long time. It's been uh, I was twelve the last time Illinois won in Iowa City. So uh, I'm hoping uh, they can get that mojo back. And come on now, you know Iowa's favorite son. Brett Bielema has got to be the one to do it. You know, he's got to be the one to do it. I think he will be the one to do it. I mean, I, I feel very confident. Maybe it not may not be this year, but it's coming. So, so, um, from, so, so from a psyche standpoint, Riley, you think that, you know, here you are, this, this has been Luke's team all year. If, if, if he, if he's cleared to go and they start Paddock is, is, is that a psyche detriment to him or how, how does he handle that? I mean, like, you know, you think you know, put yourself in those shoes. What are you thinking there? Yeah, uh, <clears throat> obviously disappoint, disappointment, you know. Uh, but also, I mean, you see someone do what John's done the past game and in, in in one series. Uh, I don't think you can really kind of be all up in arms with any decision. So I think if you're if you're Luke. I mean, that'd be a sign of a good leader if you stay locked in and, and root for, for John to, and be happy for him, you know? Well, it's just such a cool story. So I don't know, Luke. I don't, I've never met him, but he seems like a really good guy. I've talked to some guys on the on the staff. They say he's an awesome guy. Everyone likes him. So I, I would not be surprised to hear Luke um, if they roll with John for, for Luke to kind of be his biggest fan and, and rooting him on and uh, ultimately just, just, uh, wanting what's best for the team. Um, another thing, Deuce, I think to your point earlier, maybe Luke is, maybe if, if Luke is even 90%, maybe they just say, you know what, sit this one out. Let's, let's roll with John. Let's get you healthy for, for Northwestern. You know, I don't know. And we, uh, well, he is our future. That's that's kind of an easy way out. Yeah, yeah he, he's our future. So it's a little it's a little unique in that regard is that the, the, this team is built around uh, around Luke Altmaier for the future. So that it's a it's a like I said, I, I don't envy Brett or 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 Coach Lonnie here at all. <laughs> That's a great point. They could use that, though, and say, hey, we want him mentally ready to go for Northwestern or whatever lies ahead if he's not 100 percent with the, the concussion, especially knowing that whoever's the quarterback against Iowa is going to see the floor probably a few times. So um, that's, that's a good one. Um, but uh, we do petitions around here and we're going to get to one of them for Casey Washington, by the way, Casey Washington for six, what six for 14. What wasn't that the petition? Kev? Yes. Yes, it was. Absolutely. <laughs> Casey Washington got his touchdown. We should do a petition for Riley to be the honorary captain against Northwestern. I think you could rally the troops and get them ready to go. Uh, I think have they ever have they asked you to come back at all just to do anything fun like that? Not even captain. Uh, come back and do signing autographs and tents or anything like that. No, they have they have not asked. Um, I went I went I was back for homecoming, so that was fun. Uh, but they they Kevin Mitchell does a really good job with uh, the alumni uh, network. Um, he's Oops. doing a really good job. Yeah. And I think uh, it's just fun having someone like him um, kind of being boots on the ground and, and being active and, and being uh, getting people excited to come back. So 
uh, I'm looking forward to being back more consistently, but uh, I think that would be a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, might have yeah. to talk about my Thanksgiving plans, but uh, I think that'd be a fun reason to to get back. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, well, I'll be there. So if you want, if you want to come, we get to hang out again, my friend. I, I would love it. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd love to drink a couple more beers than you do. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Uh, so, Kev, <laughs> how uh, how should we take the 29.5-point spread, though? Like, they just had 28.5 with Rutgers. They had 29.5 the week before against Northwestern, which was, like, the lowest ever. Are they So, basically, they think that no matter what's happened recently, that Illinois' offense just stinks and that there's no way they're going to score more than 10 to 12 points. Hey, dude, I'm, t- I, I'm telling you, if we tackle like we did on Saturday against Iowa, they're going to score 35 themselves, dude. Like, that's the major problem. Like, it doesn't matter who plays quarterback. If that defense plays like it did on Saturday, it's not going to matter. Because Iowa is going to run the ball. They're going to be physical up front. And if we can't tackle – we can't tackle a quarterback. If you can't tackle Soresby, how are you going to tackle the backs out of the backfield for Iowa? Uh, and so, Illinois needs to figure some things out on that side of the ball. There needs to be some come-to-Jesus meetings. Uh, spitting on players. I'm like, yeah. what in the world are we doing now? Like, dude, they they need to clean. Like, we, we're burying the lead here. The defense was dog shit. And I hate to say it because Aaron's my boy. We know this. Like, and, and, and I have confidence that he can write the ship. Uh, but they, they've got to figure some things out. I don't know what happened to that defense on Saturday. That's the worst the defense looked all year by far. Um, but I do yeah. want to talk one, one more thing here before we move completely into that. Riley, you talked about this, like, like, educate educate us simpletons who don't truly understand the game at the level that you do and that big brain of yours or just big head um both <laughs> head so big had to make room how, how do how do you attack your as a quarterback from your quarterback mindset how do you attack that cover two man that Iowa runs and why are they so effective what, what makes them so good on defense obviously they've got a lot of talent over there but what makes them so good on that side of the ball yeah, so their their defense, they 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 run the same, they ran the same defense, and they probably still run the same defense from when I was in school. Uh, but they're just extremely sound. You know, it it they don't disguise a whole lot, and they don't bring a ton of exotic blitzes. But they're just really stinking good at at uh, at what they do. Uh, and they want to get you in third and long. So when they do that, that that man, which you can beat it up, but you have to have time because they do stunts with the D line. Um, so they'll, they'll twist, they'll do games and then they'll, they'll bring some, uh, some linebacker pressure. So really they're just banking on their DBs getting in the wide receivers chest and beating them up. And then that their six or five or six guys get home before you can get the pass off. So, uh, I mean, it's it's going to be a tough test because I don't think our O line pass protection wise has been fantastic this year. But um, you're going to have to give a little bit more time and, and do some rub routes, um, do some pick plays, uh, take some shots. You know, uh, does the screen does the screen game work against them in that in that format? Like it was, but when they get exotic there or no? Uh, it it can. Uh, it, a lot of times when you get exotic like that, they kind of just stunt because the O-line, you need to get a little bit of hand on those guys to uh, so they're not just running free, you know. So uh, 
running screens against blitzes a lot of times is pretty good. Um, but you just have to be able to get it off. The, the, the challenge is if you're running blitz, uh, man blitz, right, and somebody's picking up that back out of the backfield and it can squelch it out before you even get it going, correct? Yeah, right. I know I'm trying to think here. The, the last year's game was literally just like I'm thinking, how did the Illinois have success last year? Well, defensively, we <laughs> yeah, defensively, we just didn't let them do anything, even when, you know, Arter Sitkowski turned the ball over on the goal line. Um, and they still stopped them a couple once without any points and then once a field goal. You know, when you have like last year's last year, just Sydney Brown versus Sam Laporta, like all you know, it was a great battle to watch two future NFL guys. That's crazy. It. It, it is crazy to see how good Laporta's been. He's on my fantasy team, and I'm not afraid to say that, but yeah. it's it, it's crazy to think of that matchup and what we were watching last year, you know. and even having Johnny Newton this year being a top 10 pick probably and seeing Devin Witherspoon dominate. It was crazy just to see how much talent out there uh, in nine, six ball game. But I mean, DeVito, when he was in the game last year was moving the ball. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, yep. you remember and, and, when before DeVito got hurt, like I remember we moved the ball into their territory twice, I think. Well, that was, that was, that honestly was the game when DeVito got banged up there. Uh, you look at the rest of the season; the designed runs for Tommy DeVito almost went out the window, and yeah. and I think Barry was like, "Hey, listen, we cannot risk this guy at this point in time." And that's what I've I've said all year. I thought Illinois was probably a little bit more confident in John Paddock than we knew because of the amount that we have been running Altmaier and that that Barry Lunny has been more aggressive with that quarterback zone read, right? And those are the guys that we're recruiting. Trey Petty can run that. Uh, Cal Swanson certainly watched the kid, saw him live, shook his hand. Like, he, he can run that. The kid can freaking fly. So that's kind of what I think Barry Lunny wants from his quarterbacks, and he just would refrain from it a little bit with DeVito. So after that game, because there wasn't a lot of confidence in Art after that game. Unfair to Art being against Iowa. I'm getting some people on our YouTube channel asking some questions and talking. I, I I told them, hell, feel free to ask Riley some questions if you want. And uh, Greg Helton's got one for you. What was your most memorable game for the beloved and why? Um, so I've answered this. So there's there's not a ton to choose from. Uh, but <laughs> obviously Penn State sticks out. Senior day, there was like 5,000 fans there. Um, I didn't start that game. Yep. I think I heard Deuce start some O'Toole chant uh, before we became best friends. But uh, the Northwestern game. But uh, funny story. So Minnesota, my senior home, homecoming, uh, we wore, for, I think, first time we wore those gray uniforms. Um, great, great ghost. Yeah. So that one's extremely memorable and i'll tell you just a little bit of story as to why so my wife played soccer at illinois and uh she's from michigan we started dating my senior year and so soccer is a fall sport as well so they didn't come to a ton of our games because usually they play friday night and sunday um so anyways her parent her family was in town they went and watched her play friday uh, the soccer team had morning practice Saturday, so um, her family was at the game, and Alina shows up like halfway through the second quarter, or maybe halfway through the first quarter. We got off to a good start that game. Anyways, she sits down, and 
she goes, oh, hey, I think this is a good time to tell you I'm dating number four for Illinois. And like they, her family freaked out because if you remember that game, like we got off to a really good start. I threw a touchdown pass to John Davis and then ran one in shortly after that. So like could not have started any better. Um, <laughs> so naturally the first time her parents knew that we were dating, I was like having a career game. Uh, but I joke, I joke. Yeah, well, I joked to my in-laws now because I was like, I played in 35 career games. If you came to like 32 other ones, you probably you probably would have saw me get my butt whooped, fumble, or throw an interception. So it was uh, that's that's definitely the most memorable, just because that was like uh, kind of what are the odds? Uh, my in-laws probably think I'm cool now or something. Hey, you yeah. ran you ran you ran the ball effectively that game. You 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 were lowing the shoulder into people on that day, buddy. Like so, <laughs> uh, yeah. was, uh, I, I didn't like I didn't like the slide. Didn't like the slide. That was a fun game. That was the Viangelo Bentley fumble return touchdown, right? Yeah, the, yep. they, they, yeah. We got out in front and they they hit twenty one on us in the third quarter. It felt like it was falling apart on us, and then and then Bentley picked that up and ran that in. It was a big big yep. play. That real that win right there really I think was the real propeller to the bull game. I mean, obviously David, what David Cobb fumble. Yep, that was a big one because that was a good Minnesota team. Um, yeah, they were six and one going in that game. Yep. Ranked they were ranked fourth. Yeah. Yeah. Jerry Kill always had them pretty good. Um, so um, back to that. I mean, uh, I assume Riley, you want to stay on till we finish. I'm not trying to talk about anything else other than Riley, but I figure he likes to talk about other stuff too for a little bit. But we uh, basically, the line just surprised me. That's the main reason I brought it up because Northwestern and, and Rutgers, similar lines. You know, 29 and a half. Like, that's basically saying, like, that Illinois' offense is going to do 10 to 12, 13 points, probably, is what they're saying. And six points favorite. So, what do you make of that? That just basically because no matter what, Iowa seems to be in these 10 to seven. You know, I look at the 15 to six, 10 to seven. I know 22 to nothing over Rutgers, which was surprising. And not just because Iowa scored 22, but because Rutgers literally. They didn't do anything. I just felt like they tried the same thing all game and didn't try to mix anything up. So what do you make of this, Kevin? I think it's fair. Um, I think, honestly, you're, you're looking at – I mean, if we if it's not the best defense we've played this year, I mean, the only other team you could compare to is uh, Penn State. I think Illinois has shown the propensity to allow our quarterbacks to get hit. Riley already talked about that. And – that's going to be a challenge. Like we've got to keep the quarterbacks upright. We've got to do some quick reads. And one of the things that Iowa does better than any team in the country for the past decade plus is pick the ball off. And furthermore, when they pick the ball off, they like to run it back for a touchdown. They've done, I mean, as a matter of fact, in their two losses, the one guy's got to pick six. Uh, it's funny. And uh, he almost had one uh, against Rutgers and took it down to like the 10 yard line. And that's what set up their last touchdown to take the lead 22, nothing. The way that they're able to score is that their defense and special teams sets them up in such advantage, advantageous positions. Cooper DeJean's probably the best punt returner in the country. Uh, if you don't believe me, just go watch the punt return against Minnesota. That should have been a touchdown. This team should be 9-1. and one. I think that was a BS call, and you'll never, ever hear me advocate for Iowa. Um, I think this number's fair. I think that I, I don't – I don't. The, the, it's a whole new ball of wax going to play Indiana compared to playing Iowa. And you can't look at a team that scored 48 points against Indiana and say, oh, well, they're going to score against Iowa. We're going to have our work cut out for us. And I keep going back to it. The defense has got to do something better than what they showed. Um, 
we made Cali McManus look a, look really good. He had some really good numbers against us. Uh, now the guy said his name earlier, Indiana's quarterback with Soresby. We made him look really good. We made the kid from Wisconsin look really good. Like this defense is not like I'm. I'm sorry, but if, if we're if we're going to allow Iowa to score two or three times on offense, we're not going to win the ball game. Um, and I'm talking about touchdowns here. So the defense has to figure out a way to fix something. But at the same time, I think that this defensive scheme is built better for what Iowa and Wisconsin like to do than just about anybody else, and it's, they're very vanilla. Um, Riley talked about what they do on defense, the same thing they're going to do on defense. Well, good for them because that's worked for 20 years. They're going to do the same thing on offense that they've been on offense for 20 years, and I'm sorry that hasn't worked for the last decade. Uh, so hopefully we can find a way, and we have not, you know, Robert Ruffy talks about this, time, Rosenthal talks about this all the time. He calls it the turnover game. There's going to be the, the turn. There's going to be the one game in a in a season where all of a sudden you get you you get you win the turnover battle five to one, four to one. We haven't had that all year. You know, if, maybe that's Saturday because that yeah. would be really helpful for us. The one thing that's looking in our favor is I just looked it up. The weather conditions in Iowa City look perfect for middle of November. I mean, high of high of almost sixty, uh, sunny. The one thing you wouldn't want here is to really hamper our offense with a ton of wind or rain. And obviously, we it's it's Sunday, right? We still got a week, so that can change. But you knock on wood and pray that you got some good weather involved, involved there because that could really hurt us. If this becomes the Ohio State game of Riley's senior year when we're six and zero and they come to the house and we can't throw because the wind is just chucking the ball all over the place and we become one dimensional, it becomes really really difficult. I don't think we got a chance. That was Riley's freshman year, wasn't it? Freshman. Yeah, the six and a freshman year. Sorry, yeah, Nate's sophomore year. Sorry, yeah. my apologies. I flipped inverted him. Yep, I think Luke Fickle was coaching that game. Uh, yeah, he took over. I think for some reason midway through. But uh, um, I was thinking, uh, Riley, your take though on this as well. Uh, but I, the special teams can't be that bad either because Illinois special teams was terrible against Indiana. You know, well, and yeah, that, for a touchdown on a but a stupid holding penalty. Yeah, and that's what I meant though. Tip Ryman didn't even need to do any of that. The guy was literally even with him at the moment he even before he touched him. Yeah. You know, go back and watch the replay of it, and just you'll see him. he just didn't. Even, yeah, just get your body in front of him, and he has to push into you. Wilcher's already out of there, but the not just that, but then how many how many returns of 20, 30 yards did Indiana have? I think they had two or three of them. Well, they had Plus, one that was going to go to the house and then got a penalty called. So like yeah, and then the punt coverage was just awful. Like, what was the one Hugh Robertson held it for like four seconds? Hey, I I don't care. Like against Iowa, I don't I don't care about the distance that Hugh Robertson kicks the ball. Just kick it out of bounds. Kick it 30 yards out of bounds. It doesn't matter. Do not let three touch the ball. Don't let and him touch the ball. The awareness, the awareness just has to be better because it was terrible against Indiana. So is Devin Hester good at returning punts? Like, I mean, don't yeah. let him touch the ball. Yeah. Well, Riley, obviously, obviously Illinois has to score to beat to beat Iowa. And your take mm -hmm. on the line, you think 29 and a half is pretty fair? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I, I, I want to be surprised if Iowa breaks off of, a couple of chunk runs just from our history of, of poor tackling. If they get past, if they get to that second level, you know, um, and like Kevin said, their special teams is, I mean, they have the best punter in, in recent memory. Um, so 
that I mean they just they just play their style of play just fits for what they want to do. Obviously they'd like to score a little bit more offensively, but they they probably think this line's way too high, you know. They're they're totally fine with it. But I think to your point, what's been frustrating is uh also the the, the fast interferences last week against Ugh. number one on Indiana. I was just like they're just going to do this all the way down the field. I mean, that dude was six five, and he was just posting those dudes up, and they just felt like they were just hanging on for dear life and just getting called for pass interferences. Um, it, you know, it's it's especially in a game like that where we're struggling to get stops. It was so heartbreaking for to just give free yards. You know, I think that's another sneaky, frustrating thing about this team this year is how penalized we are and kind of how. Um, kind of un- unnecessary penalties as well, like uh, avoidable um, penalties for the most part. I know that's got to be driving Aaron Henry crazy, Kevin, about getting the guys getting their head around and, you know, and, yeah, and right. I know- you're right there. You're right there to make a play. It, yeah. it's, it's, it's tough, though, to counter the, the only way you counter the length is with a guy like Zach to- Zachary Toby. And that's a true freshman on their number one receiver right now. That, that's, that's a tough ask. But maybe maybe we should have went to it earlier. I don't know. Um, one thing we have going for us is Iowa. I mean, I don't even know if their receivers catch the ball. Yeah. They got somebody number three who changed his number to number three, so they got two number threes. Like he, he actually made some plays a little bit, but they they, yeah. don't, they, don't, they got a first touchdown to a wide receiver since early September in the game against Rutgers. So that will be a difference. It's just going to be able to stop their run game. That's going to be the key. Yeah. Well, then also they they just pound the rock and. <clears throat> Historically, they have like a number eighty-nine dude, like Van something, that <laughs> play-action pass, and this dude's running wide open on a post route. You know, so it's it's the back end um, needing to be um, disciplined um, when they've ran the ball fifteen straight times just to set up that shot, that deep shot that they've been waiting that they've been waiting for. Um, so discipline. Um, sticking with it and, and making sure we don't give up those big chunk plays down the field. Because, um, I mean, I don't like we said, we don't know who any of the receivers are. I don't even know who their quarterback is. But if you do a play-action pass and you're blocking with eight dudes and you just have a two-man route and someone's wide open, anyone can anyone can throw a 40-yard bomb to someone that, that is wide open. So. Ava. They yeah they've been snake bitten by injuries. Eric All transferred from Michigan to be with Cade McNamara. Both of those guys lost for the year with like torn ACLs. Yeah. They also lost their other number one tight end, so they're they're ailing terribly. You know, Deacon Hills, their starting quarterback, who was a transfer from Wisconsin. So that's the only thing going in the favor of Illinois' defense right now is that Deacon Hill is very turnover prone. He likes to overthrow a lot. And uh, the, the way that I've noticed Iowa's moved the ball for the most part, the only way they really moved it on Wisconsin is by – they got a big, like, 80-yard touchdown run on Wisconsin. That's it. Other than that, they scored three field goals. And they didn't even move the ball well at all on Minnesota. They got uh, some touchdown off of, a, like, a turnover yeah. in the red zone. And then field goal. Hill, yeah, Hill, yeah, they had a pick six in that game. And Hill, Hill was 10 for 28 in that game. I mean – Bad, and he's been sacked eleven times. He hasn't played that all, all that many games. One hundred forty-four attempts. He's been sacked eleven times. So that's something that L- Illinois is going to have to find a way to generate some pressure. And like I said, maybe this is the turnover game. They got Williams as their as their key back, a Chicago kid. He he ripped off, I believe, that eighty-yarder against Wisconsin. 
uh, 82 yarder that, that set that up. Eleanor, it's 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 the same way you don't I, I always want to beat Iowa. You're gonna have to be able to run the ball. You have to be able to stop the run. There's nothing new here. And can, okay. if we're able to do that, if we're able to do that, we can stay in this game and hope that that Deacon Hill makes a mistake because we got two better quarterbacks on our sideline. I think we got three better quarterbacks. We have four better quarterbacks on our sideline. I, I really believe that. So before um, we make our before we make our predictions, because Riley, I want you to be a part of it. Um, last question, real quick, uh, is Brett Bielema, the guy, in your opinion, and it turned this into a consistent winning program. My me first. Yeah, no, this is your. This is for you. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I I absolutely do. I think. Uh, I mean, just just look. I mean, when I was playing, like I think uh, Kevin, maybe or one of you guys might have tweeted tweeted something about like the last like three or four games and how they've all been close and we're finding a ways to win, like. I was just reflecting on when I was playing, like one, there were a lot of times where we weren't even within a couple possessions, you know, uh, kind of getting, maybe we're close at halftime and just, it, we just get blown out in the second half, you know, or if we do have a close game, we didn't find a way to win. You know, I think um, he's doing that. Even in the losses, we're right there. We've had some tough losses the past couple of years. We're, we're right there that, you know, of course, you look back on you beat Michigan and all that kind of stuff. But um, I absolutely think he's the right guy. I think he's doing it the right way. I think he's getting a good mix of transfer portal and recruiting. Um, I think he's done a, a heck of a lot better recruiting the state of Illinois. Um, and I, I just I, I truly think if we commit to him, I think I mean, like where else is he going to go if he gets Illinois winning eight, eight games? uh next year 10 whatever if he starts winning 10 to 12 games we're winning conference championships like where else is he gonna go is he gonna i I can't see him going back to sec i can't see another big 10 job really jumping out at him you know so i hope we ride with him and and hopefully he keeps keeps it trending in the right direction but i love the um like i said i went up there for homecoming got a tour of the place pat emilton my guy um, even popped into Bielema's office. It was just cool. He was open to let me chat with him, and he remembered recruiting me, which maybe he made it up, but in my <laughs> mind, it was cool, you know? He was so, still at Wisconsin uh, in, in 2010, 2011. Yep, yeah. yep. Paul Chris, that whole thing. So uh, I, I absolutely do. I, there's no bigger fan of, of Bielema than me. So That's great to hear. I know me and, me and Kevin – are on that boat and we both didn't i don't did, kev i think you told me i know i wasn't really happy at first Were, weren't you the same way oh yeah i was really pissed and so i so i started digging in because i just remember the pompous the pompous jack wagon i thought he was at wisconsin and of course a lot of that has to do with kicking our ass and and you know what brett when brett does beat you i mean he's not gonna like he's not gonna dance around it he's gonna tell you how it is but then i watched an entire his entire like program that they did on him when he was at Arkansas and I saw somebody that I thought was a little bit different and then also his first introductory press conference where he talked about how he'd grown up a lot and he had some he had some of those arrogance arrogant issues that had affected him negatively at Arkansas um that to me just says you know know thyself and and just understand who you are and where you need to go so I I, I'm I'm in agreement with Riley I know this year hasn't gone the way that we wanted but this is the first time Illinois won five games in three consecutive seasons since 2000 to 2002 
Like this is not a this is not a program where you walk in and you win eight games a year. Like we're not like I hate to say this and Illinois fans might throw shade at me. We're not Minnesota even. Like we're not even on that level. Like we're not there yet. But I do think we can get there. And I think winning winning one of these last two games will be huge for that. Going yeah. back to bowl games is critical. Definitely. That's this year getting back to back bowl games and the extra month of practice. As you know, Riley, when you were there, is huge, especially for the younger guys, you know. So uh, um, it's not even really about winning the Big Ten West this year. It's just fun that that's still an option. You know, it, it is. Uh, so with that said, um, we'll start out with uh, you, Kev. We'll start out with you. I'll go, and then we'll let Riley go last with prediction for, for Iowa on Saturday. 2.30 kick, FS1. You said good weather right now. Uh, line six-point favorite for Iowa. What's, uh, what's your pick? What's your take on it? I'm going to jump online. I'm going to get a same game parlay. I'm going to take the over and the Hawkeyes here, 2013 Iowa. Ouch. All right. Okay. Hey, that's fine. That's fine. I, I'm uh, I'm not necessarily taking an over or under, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, I'm just going to, I think, I don't know. I think Paddock's going to start and I think he's going to inspire a, more points than people are thinking out of Illinois. So I'm going to say uh, I think Illinois is going to, going to get it done, 17-14. And that's with my heart and my head. All right, Riley, what you got? This is exactly why I'm a terrible better because I always bet with my heart. But I'm going to go uh, 2017 Illinois. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. And we, Kevin hopes he's wrong. I love being wrong and when I pick against us. So it's, yeah, I, yeah, it's like just keep picking against us if we keep if only keeps winning. I will. I have no. I have no issues. And, and one thing we didn't mention though, and I I know it's wild about the run game, but with pressure too, I feel like Newton and Randolph, Coleman, Bryant, they're going to get a lot of pressure on to to Hill, and whenever he gets a lot of that in his face, he doesn't handle it very well. You got to keep you got to keep you got to keep them in 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 predictable passing downs. You got to keep them in third and six or or, or beyond. You got to get them in second and twelves. You got to get them in that because that's the only way you really are going to be able to apply pressure. And I completely agree with you. They don't have Sam Laporta. They don't have T.J. Hawkinson. They don't have Noah Fant. They don't have Greg Kittle. They don't have all these guys that are making millions of dollars in the NFL at tight end right now. That eighty nine slipping out, like you know, they just don't have those guys. They don't have that this year. And they really don't have the AJ Epinesses or the Luke Van Nesses either. I mean, it's a really solid defense, but it, that's the way you're going to have to win this game. You're going to have to put them in predictable passing downs and make Deacon, he'll beat you. Yeah. Yep. And I think, Kevin, to your point earlier, I think this offense is better suited to, like, our defense is better suited to go against an offense like this um, versus when we started the year, you know, Toledo's quarterback and then Kansas's quarterback. Those dudes, if, if you make, <clears throat> like they were juking, like Johnny Uden was, was getting home, but he was getting juked out of his shoes. And then Jalen Daniel was running and, and throwing a bomb or, or running for a first down, you know? So I think the quarterbacks that maybe aren't as mobile, I mean, we made Drew Aller look extreme. I mean, he hasn't looked, really looked great all year, but uh, we made him look so pedestrian in my opinion. Uh, I agree. I agree. If we didn't give him all the short fields that we did right. by throwing four picks and, and, and fumbling, like we right. six yeah. turnovers. I, I, I left, I left that game. Like 
excited about the rest of the season because I was Same. like, our defense finally stepped up because the first two games I was like, oh gosh, our defense is not doing well. And then Penn State is like, okay, they they finally put it together. But I think it was the quarterback mobility um, from those first two guys that I think really. And if you think about until the last quarter against Wisconsin, and even when Newton came back in the second half against Minnesota, I think that's the type of game we're going to see. I mean, Newton was able to really just disrupt everything. And when Newton went out against Wisconsin, what happened? You know, what happened when Newton wasn't playing in the first half against Minnesota? It's not the same team. Right. Well, well you, just hear, you, you hear it all the time. You, you get a guy like Newton, you have to double team him. So then it opens up at Akis and yeah. Seth Coleman, you know, it, it makes their guys, their jobs so much easier. You know, I mean, you see it everywhere. Aaron Donald, you know, I guarantee you, uh, Everyone on his D line loves when he plays because they just have have one on one thing. One on one matchups. Yeah, Leonard Floyd was a bust with the Bears until right. he goes to L A. and then yeah. he gets ten sacks in the season because Aaron Donald. Yes, it's. But I'll also say this: the one thing about Johnny Newton is Johnny Newton's best game all season was the first half against Wisconsin. His best full game, in my opinion, was at Penn State. He was the best player on the field in that Penn State game. I think there was something that motivated him in that game with all the talk about Penn State and who Penn State was and all about their defense, and that's the best defense on the field. And I think Johnny Newton was fired up to do that, and maybe we see some of that in Iowa City on Saturday. I'm not saying that the guy doesn't bring it every week because he absolutely freaking does. He had a great game against Indiana. It just – it didn't have any help. Um, it wasn't – and it was – the secondary had their worst game, so we got to fix right. that. So right. – um, we got our predictions in. Let's get one quick thing out there before we wrap up shop. We've kept my man for an hour. Appreciate you so much, my brother, for coming on with us. Um, but having mentioned your basketball prowess, Riley was a pretty damn good player in high school himself. What? what, what the, Don't put those three goggles on. Don't do it. You, Dude, if I ever got if I ever got switched and had to guard him when we played our Saturday morning pickup games, he'd just cook me, man. There's nothing I could do with that dude. Um, that's why we always that's how, why we always try to be on the same team. You said the best picks. I do. I was good. That's that's what I'm good at, brother. <laughs> uh, and I said a lot of them because I know what I'm good at. Uh, what what have your thoughts on the basketball team so far? I know you still pay attention there. And then uh, what what's your thoughts? We got Marquette on Tuesday. Yeah, I mean. I, I mean, I love the team. You know, I'm always uh, a glass half full fan. You know, I just, I'm always like, what's the point of being a pessimistic fan? You know, it's, uh, but I think, I think the transfer portal, bringing, bringing some older guys in, I think just from a uh, confidence standpoint and just uh, mindset, I think is going to be the big difference. I think leadership and mindset was, was, uh, kind of the Lacking. downfall. Yeah. The downfall of the team last year, obviously three point shooting, but, uh, but I think just you got TSJ a year older, you know, and uh, Coleman or what's the Coleman Hawkins, you know, I, I think he just can't, he can't be too, he can't be a, the best player in the big 10 one night. And then like a eighth guy off the playing like an eighth guy uh, in the rotation the next night, you know, he just needs to be, a lot more consistent, a lot more confident. I mean, I watched the Kansas game. I mean, when, he, when he's hitting shots, when TSJ's hitting shots, I mean, n- nobody can beat Illinois, you know, but it's just you can't have both those guys playing terribly and 
and if they do, I think we got some guys on the portal that can step up that have some maturity, have some leadership. So I'm excited. Um, I'm going to say Illinois 95, Marquette 88. Marquette, you didn't even ask you didn't, you didn't even ask me. So. Yeah, there we go. Hey, the, uh, one, the one thing I saw from the game the other night against Oakland, and I know people look at this game and think it was a bad game, but it was tied like 48-48 and with like eight minutes to go, I think, something like that. And I think the final score is 64-53. Like, yep. there was no panic. There was no – like, there was, there was this leadership. There was this calmness. There was this veteran presence. Like, there was zero panic in that team. They are like, nope, we're just going to continue to execute. And then – you know, the coaches made some changes. We put Terrence – I mean, Ant Wright did a great thing on Twitter where he showed where uh, uh, we put Terrence on there, three-point shooter. That guy made some tough shots. And you watch the effort that he put in. It just and, – and, and Gurrier on their big man. And we just shut off their water. It was like, nope, you're just shutting off your water here. And, I mean, I know people not Coleman. Coleman had eight points, eight rebounds, and five assists. I mean, he that's the, that's the Coleman we need, that guy to just do the little things – and then if he can knock, knock down some shots, that'd be great. I, I, don't, I mean, he took a three early, and I don't know if he took another one in the game. Uh, it would be interesting for me to see what happens with Marquette. It's going to be a big game. It's going to be a loud crowd. I think you're going to see more of the Kansas atmosphere. Uh, I, I'm interested to see what we can do with Kolick. He's a quick guard. Does that mean that we have to play more uh, DGL against him, or can a, a bigger player like Ty Rogers potentially give him some troubles there? It'll be a very interesting game. I like your pick, Riley. I think it's a little bit high on the score. I'm going to say 74-73 Illini. Hey, yep. Uh, uh, nobody nobody shoots all that well at the end of the season anyways. I mean, I was, think hoping, about for, it. I was hoping for a long day at the foul line. There you go. I believe it's going to be the first top four team to be in the State Farm Center in the first few weeks of the year since, since, Wake. since Wake Forest in the – 05 final four team um it's going to be a big one you know they might even be third once the the uh cause yeah, duke, the, well because michigan state will move out and duke duke's going to move out i think arizona will move in the top five but i think you'll slide marquette probably at three but still big atmosphere a lot at stake this is going to be a huge win on the resume the guys know that but coleman even though i know what you're saying kev you know i don't think coleman would think he played well i think he's wanting to play better i mm -hmm. think he definitely uh, has been a a nice presence to you know help come in and take care of the ball at moments when you know uh, Ty Rogers or or you know Moretti or DGL can't you know Harmon it's a couple of guys you didn't mention were Damask and Harmon so Damask and Harmon are two of those guys that they brought from the portal that have been a nice calming influence especially Marcus when the scoring has been uh, lacking which what he did bring in the second half against uh, Oakland until Gary Ayer finished it off. So the depth is the, is the key to this team. I think they're deeper than Marquette. Uh, I know secret scrimmages don't matter, but Marquette, you know, Michigan put up like 113 when they played. Uh, I think uh, they're not going to be playing anywhere near the type of defense that Illinois is. I think Illinois is an elite defensive team. We've seen that early, I think. So I'm going to say – what did you say, Kev? The challenge here is the, the Shaka put – Full court press on us, and how well do we handle it without a without a, a traditional point guard? Yeah, I don't want to say a real point guard, but a traditional point guard. Yes, I think there's going to be some ebbs and flows in that game. It's going to be a fun one. Uh, I'll say I'm going to say Illinois seventy 
65, Marquette 68. So I think Marquette's an elite team scoring, but this defense is at a level that they have not seen yet so far this year. So I think it's going to be a big win for Illinois. It's going to be a nerve-wracking one. I'm probably going to bite my nails a little bit, but I think they'll get it done. So with that said, Kev, before we get off here, any final thoughts for the week? Hey, it's, just, it's great to have a win, and it's great to have a story like John Paddock, and it's great to have a friend like Mr. Riley O'Toole who can drop some knowledge of what it's like to be a quarterback at this level. No, Riley, you're smiling here, and you know, not just kissing your ass because you're my homie, man, but like what you, you dropped some knowledge tonight, and we really appreciate you having on. As always, appreciate you, brother. And have if I don't talk to you before, then have a, have a great Thanksgiving, my friend. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Glad, glad it worked out. Yeah, we're glad to have hey, you one on. Quick, one quick thing, uh, John Smith. To the top, he hit me with a climb to glory. That was uh, that was our unit motto at, when I was stationed at Fort Drum, 10th Mountain Division, earlier in the show. So I didn't get a chance to climb the glory to the top. <laughs> so happy Veterans Day to all those guys out there that serve. That's right. Happy Veterans Day. <clears throat> Thank, <clears throat> thanks for coming on, Riley. <laughs> He's real excited about it. You can tell. <laughs> Man, is that you get choked up? That emotional about Riley coming on the show. <laughs> Appreciate you guys. Swam me out. <laughs> ILL. <laughs> I and I. We'll see you. Oh, goodness. Great, Chad. <laughs> Best rap to the show ever. Got <laughs>